everybody. Welcome back to another No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, and today we are joined by a special guest and a good friend of mine, Phil Anderson. And Phil's just got a dynamic story of his marriage and, and everything he's been through there. And, and we just wanted to bring him on to give him a chance to share his story. And I really hope that those of you who are out there who've experienced some real hard times, and maybe you're in the midst of really challenging things in your marriage, that uh, I hope this podcast will give you some encouragement. So without anything else on my part, Phil, why don't you uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you right now? And then we'll get back to your story with you and your wife. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. It's great to be here. And uh, big, big fans of Johnny and Carla Morton for a long time and um, good friends. We have fans. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I even have their autograph. So, uh, uh, no, it, it's um, it's an honor to be here and just to talk about the love of my life um, for many years. But um, uh, as currently am, I am in a church position at Northway Church in Macon, Georgia, I am now the missions pastor. I served there 15 years in a full-time you know, capacity. Semi-retired. And so I'm semi-retired, trying to get more pickleball in and yeah, traveling focus on time. The yes, that's right. And uh, work just enough to uh, earn a small paycheck, um, uh, thanks to the generosity of my church and uh, planning our missions ministry and and trips and so forth. All right. Phil, tell us about what I want you to go is just right now, uh, just tell us a little bit, and we're going to go into more questions and more depth along the way, but just tell us about your love story with Penny. Yeah. Uh, she was truly the love of my life. We, um, I graduated from seminary in 1981, a long time ago for most of y'all out there probably, and um, my very first day at the church, it was just... Uh, somewhat of a small country church, um, uh, probably ran about 200, which I know is not small in most cases, but uh, you know, it was, it was a family kind of church. And so my first Sunday there, the pastor had me stand at the back door with him to shake everybody's hand as they went by. And um, Penny walked by and she said, hi, my name's Penny. And I said, remember that name to myself because I had to go back to school to finish up a few things. And um Remember that girl when you get back, and uh, fortunately, I did. Of course, um, it was about a did year. She remember you? Uh, well, she had to because I ended up living across the street from her for a little okay. while. Because <laughs> I lived with the pastor, and uh, while I was getting settled, and um, we got to watch her leave every every uh, morning uh, with curlers in her hair, uh, driving downtown Atlanta to oh, go to work. That. Yeah. So um, she had a big hot red Camaro at the time. So um, I was smitten, but she was dating some other clown at the time. So I knew I had to stay away. And um, and it was actually about a year later before we actually started dating. And she told me uh, actually on a Six Flags trip, she was chaperoning. She was one of my youth workers in our youth ministry. And we were chaperoning the um, uh, kind of our semi-annual trip to Six Flags over Georgia and along the way, while we were walking along, she said, yeah, I've had three big things happen. And so, yeah, and said, um, yeah, I got to go to Florida for spring break and uh, got myself a new car and I broke up with my boyfriend. And I uh, said, I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> uh, and I said, would you mind repeating those? Uh, <laughs> Is that <laughs> <and> so, <a> sign? <laughs> 
so by the end of the day, we were holding hands and we went out to eat after we got rid of all the kids. And um, uh, and then six months later, we were married. And so because wow. we, we already knew each other very, very well, knew her family very well. And they knew me. And um, it was so why waste any time? Let's just jump on it. All right. We know that uh, how far along in how many years had y'all been married before she got the first cancer diagnosis? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Penny was diagnosed with um, cancer. We got word on Halloween day of 2003. So October 31st, wow. which was a bummer of a day because uh, our church was busy doing um, uh, a fall festival uh, as an alternative to, uh, to that holiday. And so I was busy working all day and she called me with the news. I mean, I knew she was going to the doctor. And I think the worst of the entire situation was just hearing those words, I've got cancer. Yeah, cancer and, is, that's a scary word wherever you hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it was uh, just one of those things, you know, my heart just dropped. And um, fortunately, I had a lot of great people around me and we all, they prayed for me, encouraged me and and then, um, but, you know, she knew what I had to do that day. So it was later that night before we could really uh, kind of mm. get together about that. Though, once again, we were prepared for that diagnosis after, after some of the other concerns that had come up in the test, the need for the testing. And so um, then she went through uh, lumpectomy, the surgery re removed the lump, um, then um, eight rounds of chemo and um, like 30 two rounds of radiation and six months later she was done with all that and um and that was what our prayer was was just to get through that and do well and she did and man she kicked it she was a tough woman tough lady and when she set her mind to something she she would always knock it out so so did she get a, a clean Bill of health. After yeah, that? yeah. So everything was gone, and uh, she had the the, the typical uh, oral medication that she had to continue right. for ten years. Uh, I think it was tamoxifen, um, though it changed somewhere in there. And so after ten years, they basically declared her in remission. So she had two thousand four, which would have been the end of all the treatments mm -hmm. they've given her. Clear bill, no cancer. Right. Ten years goes on. Yep, She's, and still nothing. Yeah, and and to, just to give a complete picture here, Penny was one of those people that did everything right. Yeah, I know. She, she exercised all the time. Um, you know, she was a fitness instructor. She loved helping people with that. She ate right. Uh, she ended up becoming a vegetarian even before the process. Yeah, how was that, Phil? Uh, yeah, you could tell if, if, if this was a video podcast, uh, you could tell I did not suffer any during that time. But, uh, but you know, she was is the healthiest person you could ever imagine. And for her to get that diagnosis, you know, was just um, mind-boggling. And, and all the questions of why, not, not to God, but, to, you know, why, how could somebody like her get that kind of um, uh, cancer? Okay, that was but, a weird thing. <laughs> that's our that's studio not audience. not matter. <laughs> That's what happens with technology today. <laughs> you know, I can remember you going back to even your your veggie days. I remember feeling bad for you that we would go over to your house and we'd all bring meat, steaks, and you had veggie burgers or other stuff. 
Uh, vegetarian roast beef. Oh, uh, no, okay. uh, no uh, meatloaf. Excuse meatloaf. me. Vegetarian we didn't feel meatloaf. Too, I felt a little bad, but really not too bad for you. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so it was. I can remember thinking that of, you know, they tell you all the things you shouldn't eat because they lead to cancer and all that. And then here was Penny, who was, who was just fitness crazy mm-hmm. and ate right and did everything and still got it. So that goes to show what the experts know. <laughs> um, so you went went 10 years how long and the tragic part is it comes back yes so round two appeared in two in 2014 uh, exactly 10 years afterwards um she began to notice uh, some deterioration in her motor skills just little things like uh, like uh, her signature on a, in a box you know for a document of, of sorts and a little bit of balance issues. And um, so fortunately, she has a lot of friends who are nurses. And they said, you need to go get that checked out. So she went to her doctor who immediately referred her to her neurologist and um, det- identified that she had a walnut-sized tumor on her cerebellum, which is the back lower back part of the brain. But it controls all your motor skills. And so um, they wanted to operate immediately mm. and um, sent us straight to the hospital. And um, but then Did you they, know it was cancer at that point? Just knew there was a tumor. Yeah, yeah, they knew it was cancer. It was it, it, um, well, I, yeah, they, they knew it was yeah cancer, and um, that's well, they wanted to get rid of it immediately and um, sent us straight to the hospital. Um, and we were really thrown for a loop. Fortunately, they came back soon afterwards and says, no, we need to wait till next week. Let some of the swelling go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave her some steroids to reduce the swelling and let the swelling go down so they could operate a little more, uh, efficiently or safely. So at least we had about five or six days to prey on it and get settled with it and get our friends and family support in place. Okay. So... She's gone years, and you're thinking, okay, this is behind us. Yep, exactly. And then out of the blue, here this comes again. Yep. What are you thinking when you first hear that? Oh, it it was devastating. It was devastating uh, to because exactly. I mean, you you nailed the emotion there. You know, we thought we were done with this, but as it turned out, you know, once all the biopsies and um, uh, the testing was done, that it was actually metastasized breast cancer that created the tumor in her brain. Wow. Go figure. And, um, but there's a great story in there about God intervening. Um, as I said, this was like a Thursday when she was originally sent to the hospital. And um, so we got to spend the weekend at home praying and talking to family and friends. And um, uh, so we went to church on Sunday morning and I got out of all my Sunday morning responsibilities. And we, so we just went to church to worship, you know, just be mm. a, husband and wife at church and um as a staff member you don't often get yeah, to do that it does sound weird to say it that way but uh to just go to church and um but in the midst of our worship time we sang a song that had been done hundreds of times and um it just occurred to me and i can't remember the the title of the song but it said uh, the but the the chorus or the bridge went uh, scars and struggles on the way, but with joy, my heart will say, God is faithful. You were faithful. Mm. 
And it's like it hit us both at the same time. We just looked at each other and said, okay, God's got this. And so that was a humongous spiritual moment for us because we knew we were in God's hands. And I remember when the surgery took place the next week, um, you know, once Penny went back for surgery, I was as calm as I'd be if it was somebody else, you know, because um, I knew God had control over it and he was going to take care of it. And our prayer became kind of like um, the, the uh, oh gosh, in Daniel, uh, the three Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Meshach. Yeah, <laughs> those, guys. those guys. Yeah, and um, you know they said that we, you know, they were not scared about being thrown in the furnace because they said we know our God can deliver us. But then they added on that part. But even if He doesn't, we will not bow down to your God. And that became our prayer. That says we are confident God's going to get us through this, but even if He doesn't, we will praise the Lord. How did you? I know one of the things you had two children. Yeah. How did you? You know, were how how old were they when she first had cancer? Uh, let's see, Caleb, my son, uh, would have been about a ten or eleven. Uh, no, eleven, and my daughter would have been about sixteen. So my daughter handled it fairly well. She. And was old enough to understand it. How do you go about? How'd you go about breaking that to them? Just the whole thing. It's cancer, like you said, anytime you're cancer, it's yeah. such a fearful thing. Well, we just sat them down and walked them through it, and um, you know, we're probably a little bit of guilty of uh, uh, minimizing the mm. the long term effect. But and my son just simply asking his sweet little eleven year old voice, you know, just said, "Well, are you going to die, mom?" And she said, "No, no, I'm not." Not from this, you know. And I said, okay. And then he asked, well, why did it have to be in your breast? You know, because I, <laughs> well, I couldn't have been somewhere uh, else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Interesting uh, the way a teenage guy thinks. Yeah. Um, okay, that was the first one. What about when it comes back years later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now they're pretty much adults. Um, of course, my daughter by this point had had already uh, given us our first grandchild, and so she was she was living here. So she was walked with us through this whole experience again as a married mother of one at the mm-hmm. time. And my son was um, had just gotten married, so he was a newlywed, and uh, so they were very engaged and very involved and. Um, especially uh, when um, Penny went through her surgery because, I mean, she looked, you know, whenever you have brain surgery, I mean, basically they, uh, they made a big yeah. slit behind her ear, came in from the side, uh, cracked her skull, came in through the side to remove the the um, um, tumor, and all everything just went perfectly smoothly. And uh, we were so blessed by the doctor that God sent us. He was a Christian, and he he says, you know, he told us up front, I pray over all my surgeries and God truly guided his hands because, you know, where the tumor was, the slightest mishap could have affected her dramatically. Um, I mean, she could have become an invalid if if they had yeah. miscut or cut in the wrong place or whatever. So, um, but yeah, the kids handled it well at that point and they were eager to help. And, and fortunately, in that case, it was primarily just the surgery. And then she had radiation once she recovered. 
from that, from the surgery. So it was a lower, there was no chemo involved in this, this round. So it was uh, much simpler, except for the surgery was much more dramatic. Yeah, I know that you're a man of faith, obviously, hopefully being on staff at a church. <laughs> and we know that God is sovereign. And yet, were there ever times of that you dealt with, you know, anger towards God, frustration, anything to that mm-hmm. regard? Especially, I would think, you know, the first time, okay, rain falls on the just and the unjust, so mm-hmm. on and that. Right. But a second time? Yeah. You know, we were very fortunate and because of that experience in church just a few days before the surgery that we never went that direction. Penny is a, uh, her faith was, has always been greater than mine. And um, I just respected her, admired her faith and her walk with the Lord. Even and she, she taught me so much through that whole process. Um you but think she helped you yeah, deal with yeah. it more than you Yeah, oh god, yeah, because the first time around um the, with the initial tr- um diagnosis um I went numb uh emotionally and kind of internalized everything. And um she, she told me this time around you've got to talk. You've got to talk to some people, whether it's me or your buddies or somebody that you've got to You've got to verbalize what you're feeling and all that. But um, I think I can honestly say we never quite, you know, we never blamed God on that. Now, when she ended up passing away from cancer, that was a little different story, but we'll get get there soon. Okay, so she's (laughs) had the diagnosis. She has the surgery. What happens after that? Okay, okay. Life was good again. She, um, you know, had a nice scar to remember it by. And, um, you know, one of the lessons I'd learned prior to all this was actually from a Bible study I'd prepared for. I was asked to lead a retreat and they wanted me to do a topic uh, on King David uh, or the life of David. And so along the way, um I you know was reading everything I could about David, just taking reading his story through the scriptures, and of course there's the usual ones: David and Goliath, and Saul chasing him, and becoming king, and then Bathsheba, and all that stuff. But there was one little story that I'd never really given much attention to. It's in First Samuel 30, where David and his band of soldiers were all fighting a battle, and while they were away, the bad guys came and burned down their village and kidnapped all the wives and children. And so they come back and find everybody's gone, everything's destroyed. And it says they, the men wept until they could weep no more. And um, so then, and then it says the men turned on David because they blamed him. And it's so funny how the scripture kind of simplified that statement because David became greatly distressed because the men spoke of stoning him and say, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I would too. <laughs> and so anyway, so it's a, and so I'll go to the next verse and it just continues with the story. I said, so what did he do? What did he do? Um, or, or, excuse me. So right after that, and he says, so David strengthened himself in the Lord. And then it goes on and finishes the story. So I always say, what did he do to strengthen himself? And so fortunately we have the book of Psalms 
that expresses so much of David's emotions and feelings and all that. And I came across a passage in Psalm 105, verse 4 and 5, where it says, Search me, uh, uh, I better read that, make sure I say it right. Um, but it basically, it gave me some principles to go by long before um, I ever, ever dealt with this with Penny. And uh, in Psalm 105, verses 4 and 5, it says, Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the mm. rulings he has given. So from that, I learned that, okay, what David may have done and what I need to do is, one, be sure I turn to the Lord. Uh, because when people go through trials, it's they either turn to God or run away from God. So I need to turn to God. But then secondly, remember what he's done for me in the past, which I have numerous stories of seeing how God's worked in my life. But then to rely on his promises for the future, mm. because he's given us numerous promises and God is faithful. He's going to be true to his word. So that I see looking back, God prepared me for these kind of events that were going to happen in my life. I love that you say that, that talk about what scripture says to, to lean into him. And to lean on to his promises, because you know, I think about you know when we lost Zach, mm -hmm. that you know I, I've shared this before in our story that you know for a year I didn't even look at scripture at all, mm -hmm. but I still had the promises because I I knew them, yeah, and I I'd really you know, rested in scripture and poured myself into scripture and all those years before. And it was, it was his promises that really carried us through that. Mm. And it didn't mean we liked it. It didn't <laughs> mean we would understand. There's always that question of why, which I'm sure you have. And yeah, we can go into the thing where, you know, cause God's going to be glorified and yeah, but there are other ways to do that God other than taking mm -hmm. my wife or my son in our case. And, and so it was, it was really that because we had immersed ourselves in scripture and his truth beforehand, when we came to that time of hardness, man, that's what carried us through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's that whole thing, you know, we talk about with couples and marriages that if you prepare yourself and build those strong foundations, when things are going well, that was going to carry you through those times are going to be hard because there are going to be hard times and they maybe look different in everybody's mm -hmm. life and in everybody's marriage. But I pretty much guarantee you there's going to be something that's going to shake you maybe and hopefully not as much as what you and Penny had to go through. Mm -hmm. Or you. Yeah. 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 But I, I love when you talked about, you know, that leaning into his promises and that how important that was. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because I, I, you, you made a great point there that the promises are there, whether we're, cognizant of them or not <laughs> and God is faithful that's why one of my favorite characteristics of God is faithfulness and he's immutable in that he's the same God to uh, Abraham and and Isaac and Jacob and Moses as he is to us being you know, through his son Jesus so after they take out the tumor she goes to recovery are they again thinking, okay, we've gotten this? Yep, it's exactly. You know, she was once again on some oral medication and um, was doing great. Uh, but this time it only took about, uh, it was about three years later when she started having some other difficulties show up. 
And um, after running tests and biopsies, we it was it was um, determined that the breast cancer had metastasized again, but this time it was in the lymph nodes. Um, so it spread around, yeah. So it spread. Now this was in her chest uh, cavity and around her lungs and heart. And so there's nothing. You can't do really surgery there. This is what two about. This is about 2019. Uh, 17. 17. 17 okay. Yeah. So we just got by three years. About three years. Wow. But we lived life large. I tell you, we got our wonderful daughter and her husband sent us to Greece to do the tour of Paul. And you know, Sweet. man, she was going to the beach every time. She probably had ten trips to the beach. You know, with all different different friends. So she was she was maximizing life. And um, but anyway. Um, but the, the, so the lymph nodes, it, uh, it spread to her lymph nodes, but then, uh, but the, the manifestation that she was feeling was her left arm was constantly hurting and aching. And they went through all the all kinds of tests. They thought it was carpal tunnel and she actually had carpal tunnel surgery, um, and all that stuff. And after about a year and a half, they finally determined and found that there was a tumor on her brachial around her brachial artery i think mm. i so think i'm saying wrapping right. around it, cutting off. and it was wrapped around like a worm mm. and they so they couldn't remove it um not the artery but the nerves the yeah. brachial nerve that runs down from the neck to the arm and that's what was causing her so much pain and discomfort uh, all this time but then you know fluid started building up around her heart and lungs and it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and so in the fall of 2019 just two years later and she passed away right after thanksgiving thanksgiving weekend mm. Mm. obviously you know not the results you were hoping for mm -hmm. at all we're talking three times having to deal with cancer when it really all going back to that initial one that you thought we were cleared up. You know, I, I think, and I can remember when with Zach, some of the things that we felt in that, and, and one of those was just, there was almost that feeling of helplessness, mm -hmm. especially because is he's going through something that, yeah, we can be alongside him, but we can't do anything for him. Did you ever have those kind of things and sort of watching Penny? Mm, oh yeah, because she she was going through so much pain, and so pain management was one of the big challenges. And um, she spent two weeks in the hospital before we brought her home under hospice care, and um, you know even in the weeks before that, in the months before that, it was just trying to make it comfortable for her, even to the point where she could could not really lay down to sleep because the the fluid build up it was constantly she was having to constantly have a thoracentesis which removes mm. the fluid around the lungs and they put in permanent drains and one of them stopped up you know and, and it was just constant and and there's nothing we could do for her, you know, at that point, except manage, try to manage her pain. And, and, um, she was lucid right up to the time we brought her home, you know, and, um, 
she was only home with us three days before we knew we had to get her in a um, hospice facility. And um, so we're grateful to the folks at Pine Point for their care. And But she was only there an hour before she died. Wow. Yeah. So how did you deal with those kind of feelings <sighs> of knowing... I can't do anything. Yeah. You know, I can help her with her pain as much as I can, but I can't, I can't take this away. Yeah. I yeah. can't. No, that was extremely hard. Fortunately, you know, I had great people like my daughter once again, my, um, stepped up to help my son. I uh, had come in to visit uh, a few weeks before, but then he never left. Hmm. He's, um, was able just to stay with us. So he was end up being with us about six weeks uh, other friends who had nursing backgrounds would help us with, um, you know, the pain medication, you know, especially when we got home. And, you know, for other friends came and rearranged the house so we could get her bed downstairs mm. on the main floor. And uh, just so many ways, our the people loved on us and, and just um, did so much for us. And um, uh, it was, it, it was kind of like, you know, you just you get in task mode. Okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do, and you never, I never, you know, really, almost didn't allow myself to think that far. You know, about her passing, except we did have start having conversations about, you know, what she might want her memorial service. And of course, we had to make those medical decisions about. Yeah, what do we do? We... Yeah, yeah, and coding and all that stuff. So, yeah, it, it's it's hard, and it's hard. It's 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 been three and a half years, and it's kind of hard to go back and think about put myself back in that position. So, uh, it's been almost twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be twenty years this year exactly. since we lost Zach, yeah. and there are still those moments that something may happen. We see a picture, we hear yes. a voice, we hear something, and we're immediately back there. And I'm amazed. Obviously, we're long past that in super intense, painful grief, but it's amazing how quick something you can be right back in mm -hmm. some of those moments. Yep. Yep. Um, which is sort of both, it's, it's still a blessing, though, because it's that connection we have to mm -hmm. them. Mm hmm. Um, name of our ministry is No Regrets. As you look back over, you know, all that you did, married 37 years, is there anything you think back, oh, I wished I'd done this different? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing on the major scale. Uh, I mean, because we were always very compatible in our decision-making and, you know, parenting and life decisions and, and things like that. And, um, but I just kept keep thinking back to all those little stupid things that I did that oh, I'd give anything to give that, have those moments over. Um, I mean, like here, here's these are all stupid illustrations here, but like folding towels, you know, Penny had a way that she liked the towels folded, and and you probably thought it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I folded them differently, and. Um, and so, and she didn't correct me, but she just pointed out to me that, you know, if you, if you don't mind when you're folding the towels, could you do them this way, you know, because the lines go a certain way. And I said, no. <laughs> I 
I'm going to, if you want to redo them, fine, but I'm going to fold them and put them in. And just stupid little things like that and so many little interactions oh, I wish I could have over again. And, and, and I just think, Johnny, it just comes back to just my own selfishness, you know, mm. just um, insisting on my way and, or not being as considerate of her because, you know, that was one thing about Penny. She just, even even if she didn't want to do something the way I wanted it done, that she would still do it. She would figure out a way to do it. And she was phenomenal about that. And, um, I, and it's just silly little examples like that. that yeah, I, but it just is... It's that reminder that, and that's why we have our theme of no regrets, because what we would love to say is we could look back over our lives and and there was nothing we regretted, but we yeah. all do. Yeah, yeah. But we can make that determination from here on, man, I will do everything I can not to have any. Mm-hmm. Great point. As we, uh, man, as we close this out, Man, there's people out there, there's marriages out there that are struggling for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Some because they're dealing with physical illness, mental illness, uh, situations of infidelity. Maybe it's not with them. Maybe it's something they're going through with their children, like with Carl and I had to go through. Man, if you had to say anything as far as words of encouragement to mm-hmm. those couples out there that are just experiencing, this isn't the happily ever after they signed up for yeah. It's just hard life where they are. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Oh, wow. I, I could go a long time on that. Um, you only get a few minutes. <laughs> I think um, it's just being aware that God is with you, whether you feel him or not. We know that God is there and that he is walking that path with you. He hurts with you just as much and um you know I, one little small example of god showing me that he was there and, and this sounds silly it may sound just so like just totally coincidental but it was god's little message to me it was about a week after um Penny's memorial service, which was just phenomenal. Thank you. It Thanks was. To my it was staff. awesome. Thanks to my church staff and the worship team. They had the full worship team. Penny wanted a worship service, and she wanted an ice cream social. Um, that was about the only two things she expressed. And uh, so my dear friends, the drivers, you know, did the healthy ice cream. Uh, yeah, it was of course healthy, and uh, and our worship team, you know, rallied and got everybody there, and they did a full worship service, and the speakers all were phenomenal. And Pastor Kevin Mills, um, since he had known Penny since he was a teenager, uh, he had a lot of great things to say about her and, and her influence in his life. But one of the things that God showed me that he was with me and that he was attentive to my needs and my prayers was about a week after um, Penny, we'd had the memorial service. Um, I I think I had taken that next week, that week off, you know, because the kid, you know, like my son had to go back to where he lived. My my daughter went back to her house, and and so the house was empty again. Um, and um, so, but I I didn't worry about going to work, you know. So I was just trying to 
straighten things out, do stuff that I needed to do, went to the gym. And so I was on the way home from the gym. And, you know, it's about a 15-minute drive. And on the way home, I just started thinking about, you know, that memorial service and how great it was. And some friends had given me a, a picture you've probably seen, um, and I've seen it on Facebook numerous times. It's a picture that a guy said, uh, titled uh, First Day in Heaven. And it's the picture of a, of a young adult lady jumping into the arms of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, the girl in this picture had long blonde hair, which is what Penny was like. She was very fit. Um, and uh, I think it was actually, well, it was from a, actually a sports um, photograph, actually, that we kind of modified. But uh, some people had actually given me that, that photograph, that painting, uh, because it looked so much like Penny. So I was thinking about that picture and um, knowing how excited Penny was to jump into the arms of Jesus and um, I was thinking, okay, so Penny, you know, what would you be telling me when I got up there, you know, to heaven when I come see you up there? And, and I was kind of envisioning, well, you did good for that memorial service. You did it just right. And I was just kind of reveling in the, that moment had, and was totally I zoned out on my drive. I'm surprised I didn't have a car wreck. But, you know, I kind of got from point A to point B without even realizing I'd driven and so I came to the a red light and um, a traffic light and had to stop. So at least I recognized that. That's good. <laughs> and uh, so I was just sitting there still reveling a little, little weepy and just uh, enjoying the moment. And I looked at the car in front of me and the, the license plate started with uh, the letters PCA, which was her initials, Penny Crumley Anderson. And I started, oh, cool. I should have gotten that license plate for her. It would have been like a personalized plate. And so I kept looking, and it says PCA, and then the four digits after that was 1224, which was her birthday. She was born Christmas Eve. So it was PCA 1224. And it just said, that's Penny. It's like God sending me a sign. She's in good hands. You know, she's, wow, we're taking care of her. And that was just the sweetest moment, um, you know, and then somehow I was able to drive the rest of the way home. And um, it was just a reminder that God's with me no matter what. He knows what I'm going through. Phil, thank you. Um, I know it's hard to go back through that. And, uh, but man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing. And if you're out there and, Man, you're going through similar times or maybe you have in the past or even for those of you who may have to face things like this in the future. Man, if I had to say one thing that I, I think about that I, I know that Phil mentioned, man, it is that, that verse from Psalms that talks about just leaning into God. Man, that He is there to carry you, to support you, even when you don't feel like it, He's still there. And as always, we encourage you, hey, man, build up that foundation. Build up that foundation of truth of God's word. Build up that foundation for your marriage. Doing all of those things to build a strong marriage so that when the storms and the rain and the floodwaters and the fire and whatever else you have to deal with comes, man, your foundation's going to hold you strong there. Mm. And so our encouragement to you as always is... uh, Hey, keep on forging. Mm-hmm.